Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse DC Comics Podcast from Mailed Fuzz TV. I am Peter, and I am unfortunately only joined by one of two people this week, because Matt is away for the weekend, he's, he's away at Disneyland, I think he said he was going, I don't know what that, that man does with his time, but Connor's here. I am, and fortunately I'm not in Disneyland, that sounds <laughs> preferable, frankly. I may have been Disney World, I don't know, I can't keep track. Uh, they're all the same to me, I don't know what's what. Um, so, no, so uh, DC Comics, that's what we're talking about. Uh, and coming up on this week's show, obviously we've got some books. We have the first part of the Lazarus contract in Titans 11. We've got Detective Comics 956, Action Comics 979, Wonder Woman number 22, Supergirl issue 9, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey number 10, All-Star Batman number 10, Superwoman number 10, number 10's this week, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number 20, New Superman number 11, and that was the last one. I just didn't realise it before I said it, so I never said and. I had to put on something at the end to make the... Make the in- you know, the inflection go the right way. There we go. How are you making mistakes? I love it. I love it so it's much. Good, good start. Uh, I mean, I, f- I talk to you so much anyway, but I'll, I'll pretend. Connor, how was your week? Uh, yeah, I think it was all right. I'm, I'm struggling to remember it, which that was probably a, a sign that it was fairly busy. I think that was Arrow that did that to you. You, you drank a lot of booze for Arrow. <laughs> I did. It did. It was cruel to me with the drinking game this week. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you okay? Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Are you okay? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, we, we finished Twin Peaks and yeah, that we was did. that was pretty cool. That's good. We got the movie left, still we're doing that uh, later this weekend, but uh, yeah, it was, it was nice to finish that. But nice big ending. That was, that was, it was fun. Uh, yeah, I... Yeah, I, I equally busy week. It was most of the same stuff, <laughs> um, pretty yeah. much. I did a lot of TV. Uh, the schedule's finally going to start quieting down over the next couple of weeks, which is worth mentioning. I feel like uh, we, we started the Patreon a really weird month because we're so busy with the TV schedule that there's been less time for some of the bonus stuff that we wanted to do. Yeah, uh, I, will, I will say I have been listening to the new Paramore album and I've uh, started a little write-up on that, so I'll be coming. Oh, that's cool. Oh, well, I was thinking just specifically about comic stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. We, we have, obviously, the review of Aliens Dead Orbit up. Um, I do know that me and Matt have agreed. I don't know if Connor's seen this, but me and Matt are going to cover uh, Archie, the comic book, every month. I have not month. seen that, no. Uh, so we're going to do that every month. And, and me and Connor, we're talking about covering the new issues of the Power Ranger comic. Uh, yeah, I think the next month. one's out next week. It may be. It may be. I'm a couple issues behind, but I'll catch up for the new ones. Yeah, so yeah. I think 15's out next week. Yeah, so yeah. that's some of the, the bonus bits we're going to do in Patreon. If you want to see video reviews of that, there may also be occasional written content for like if well, just one of us reads a book and we want to talk about it. Occasionally we're doing trades. I think we mentioned already in June we're going to do Black Magic Volume One. All three of us, I think, are going to reread that yeah. and jump on for it. But uh, so that's what's coming up uh, in terms of that and, stuff. Uh, you do get to vote on our fifth week trade as well. You do? Oh, you're putting that here. I thought we were done that well, at the well, end. I, I was going to leave it till there, but seeing as you were discussing what was coming up and the Patreon, I thought, well, we might as well do it here. Uh, it's because it, it went from being busy to... Yeah, I know, right? So, yeah, fifth, fifth weeks, uh, as always, there's only usually two or three books to actually do. So what we're going to do now in every fifth week is we're also going to talk about an old trade, an old DC Comics trade. And part of what you get on Patreon is you can vote on which trade that is going to be. Uh, if you're in the $5 tier up, you can vote. Uh, we mentioned this last week, but we didn't have the options up yet. But the vote is up now. So if you're on Patreon, 
click on the thumb at the side that says patrons vote it'll be one of the top three results because there's only three things that ever get voted on and the options for this month now normally you'll have more time to vote and then there'll be more time to read it we'll usually announce the book two weeks in advance so even people who aren't on patreon if you want to read the book with us so that you're you know in the conversation when we get the episode up uh, we'll probably try and give you about two weeks of like knowing what the book is so you can go and read it if you want to so the options this month are teen titans the judas contract which is relevant right now because of the lazarus contract famous teen titans story uh, so that's one option uh, another option is black canary and zatanna blood spell uh, which is a Paul Denny story. Uh, we also have Superman's Secret Identity, which is a cool Elseworlds where there's a guy named Clark Kent in the real world, but there's no superheroes or superpowers. He hates his name, but then one day he just randomly gets Superman's powers, and what does he do with that? Uh, so that's a pretty cool story. And then last up, we have Legion of Superheroes Volume 1 Teenage Revolution, which is the Mark Wade Legion story, or Legion uh, series from uh, 2004, I believe it started. So that's the four options for the first vote. Yeah, yeah. I'll say the, the way this came about is we kind of unanimously said, right, we'll do the, the Teen Titans one because that's relevant. Mm-hmm. And then we all picked an option after that. I think you can guess who picked which for some of those at least. At yes. least one. Yes. Uh, that said, though, it's not the first thing I thought Matt was going to pick. No. There were some more obvious choices that I thought he was going to go with. but he went well, with Especially that, so. given the, 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 uh, <laughs> the events of the last couple of weeks. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, so if you're on Patreon, go. You can go and vote on that now. You can find it quite easily. But everyone else, we'll let you know on next week's episode. The voting ends the week before, the day before next episode. So it ends on Friday. Next episode of the podcast, we'll tell you what one, and that will give you two weeks, I think, to uh, to read it, uh, to find it, and read it if you want. You don't have to, obviously, yes. but you have the option of doing that. So, uh, yeah, so that's cool. Uh, so before we get to the books this week, we have a little bit of news to cover. Just, just a little bit. Uh, first up, we're getting a 12-issue series about Mr. Miracle from Tom King and Mitch Gerrards. Yeah, sounds cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, it's going to be a 12 issues. It's going to start in August. Uh, Mr. Miracle offers a new take on the classic Jack Kirby hero, the new god turned superhero escape artist who grew up on Granny Goodness terror orphanages on Apocalypse, only to rebel against Darkseid. Uh, I know that this has obviously been in the works for a while. A bunch of the other creators now it's been announced have said, yeah, they've, they've read some and it's fantastic. I know uh, Seeley was saying, God damn it, Tom, he, he pitched his own idea for this series and he got beaten out but he's, he can't even be angry because it's so good mm, yeah no, that's cool it's him it's king returning to some of his the weirder characters that he likes to go to i imagine this will be sort of the equivalent to vision you know that he did for marvel and not just because the characters look kind of no similar. no but in the <laughs> sense of just the, the type of story that it is compared to you know is batman yeah yeah uh, so that's coming, starting in August. So we're, we're starting to hear buzz about things that are coming in August. And speaking of things, we got the other thing we got this week is we got this really weird Nightwing Elseworld mini announced. Uh, now, they didn't officially call it an Elseworld, but it's quite clearly not in continuity. I mean, when I tell you what it's about, it's clearly not. Uh, so it's, set in, it's called Nightwing The New Order, and it's set in the future. It's written by Kayla Higgins and art by Trevor McCarthy. And it's basically in the future where superpowers have, superpowers have been eliminated and outlawed. At the centre of this, Dick Grayson and his team of crusaders have systematically hunted down and eliminated those with human abilities. So Nightwing's going around killing superheroes, is the, the plot of this. Yeah. Uh, 
So my two points in this, I have no interest in this story. It's weird. I'm good. And secondly, I'm not mad at it because unlike, say, a certain story from another company about uh, you know a really noble superhero becoming a Nazi, this is not in continuity, so there's no reason to... I mean, it's, it's an Elseworld. Go do what you want, whatever. But. I, I, I'm going to say I'm down for it. I like Higgins quite a lot in general, and I, I did enjoy his Nightwing stuff. I know you weren't as keen on it. I just thought it was it was, was kind of similar to uh, do you know we all kind of feel about Gil Simone's Batgirl run where oh we expected great things but it was like yeah, it was yeah. fine with one or two yeah. sort of decent moments like, that's what that's what that felt like to me. That's fair. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but if this was like, in continuity, obviously I'd be annoyed and be like, what, what's going on? Yeah, why, but why it's is, not. Why is Dick, instead, yeah, why is Dick Grayson killing Superman? <laughs> this right, is not right. And instead, <laughs> I want to know what what Higgins does to justify that. I mean. What even if it's out of continuity, how does he justify Nightwing being the one to do this? And I'm intrigued to see, you know, where where he goes with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I won't read issue one just for the show, just to talk about it. I I probably will, but I'll be honest, nothing about this is appealing to me. Mm. It, it just it's just kind of like, eh, I don't really want this. It's that's not so. Yeah, okay. uh, but that that was the news. That was that was the stuff that happened this week to get announced. Um. So we're going to start working our way through the books and uh, go through them. Now Matt did read his books, uh, at least most of them, and he sent in his thoughts. So there'll be some brief Matt thoughts at the end of each each book. Uh, he also sent in his top five and his favourites of the week and all that. So his voice will be heard in spirit. Oh, he's ahead of me, I can tell you that. Yeah, I've not picked my favourite shit either. So <laughs> this is the thing, we get to the end and I have to do it in the spur of the moment. It keeps it spontaneous, keeps it exciting and fresh. Yeah. Maybe. Sure. Alright, first book this week is Titans number 11, which is written by Dan Abnett and Brett Booth. And you're looking at me funny. Why is Titans the first? Because it's the crossover. Crossover events get get top billing. They do indeed. And it's a special. Uh, It's very special. I mean, it's it's definitely the the first crossover of this family of the DCU in in a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, basically... (sighs) So this starts with a flashback to Teen Titans and basically the scene from uh, from Judas Contract where Grant uh, dies, uh, Deathstroke's son. And we get catapulted to present day, Deathstroke's got his eyesight back, uh, which is something that he lost in Deathstroke. Uh, yeah, this part's that. probably my biggest concern with the book. It kind of feels like it just brushes over Deathstroke in general. Like, as to what's going on, it's like, okay, let's just get back to where we need to be really quickly. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've not quite caught up in District yet. I'm like four or five issues away from the newest one. I, I will soon enough. I was intending on finishing and catching up for this starting, but it didn't happen. Like I say, busy. But, uh, you know, I, I have a general... I, because I've read a fair chunk of it now, though, I've got a better understanding of what's going on with them and there are characters he's referring to and stuff like that. Uh But yeah, so, so the plot of this one is basically that Deathstroke kidnaps Wally. And has him in this weird, you know, speedster lock contraption thing. Yeah, it's like a, it, it's kind of the treadmill, but with these arms that hold him in. Yeah, yeah, it's like a cos- cosmic treadmill kind of vibe to it. But it's got, all, yeah, it's got all these arm things that are holding him, and he's also dosed him with like truth serum or something like that because he keeps asking questions, and while he's like, "I'm not telling you that," and then he tells him the answer, and "Stop it! Stop making me do that." Yeah, so so that's the thing, uh, and basically he wants to he wants to use uh, Wally to go back in time and save his son, but he does he makes him a, he tries to make him a deal. He's like, 
look, if you do this, I know you don't want to, but if you do this, I'll stop being Deathstroke. I'll give up being a mercenary, an assassin, I'll never kill another person again. That's the deal. And Molly's like, look, as tempting as that is, we can't mess with space and time. It's like, that's alright, I've got a contingency. So the, the big ending of the book is, is that he, he pulls out new Wally, who's also strapped to this similar kind of device. Yeah. Uh, and new Wally, well, he's met this Wally, didn't know he was called Wally, he just knew him as like a flash. And he's like, wait, you're Wally West? You can't be Wally West, I'm Wally West. And that's what we end on. Yeah, I mean, it was very much, let's set up the story and yeah. you know, get the pieces in place, which is fine. And it, I honestly think if there's a book I want that to be done in, it's Titans, because it's probably my least favourite of the of the bunch. Says the man who's not been reading Teen Titans. <laughs> I've been reading it, I've just oh, I've been, been okay. reading it late. Alright. Right. Um, yeah, I, you know, I liked it. It was, I think it clearly sets up what the story's about. It clearly gives us a, an interesting goal. Like the fact that Deathstroke's willing to like give up everything he's been for basically his whole life if mm. he can just get his son back. It gives it a kind of a nice emotional core. He's the villain still, but he's a sympathetic villain. There's a sort of goal in there that you can kind of look yeah, at. Yeah, it really goal. lets you know what sort of mindset slides in right now. Where Yeah, because you know, obviously it's, it's very clear that Grant died, it even says at the start, and it just says many years ago, I don't think it specifically times it, but you have to go, right, why now? What's put him in this mood to do it now? Which yeah. is, uh, I, think, I think that's, it really shows you something's changed for Slade at the minute. Yeah. Uh, yeah obviously, I mean, it's Brett Booth who's been doing that for Titans anyway, so same rules apply to his art as, as what we've said in the past issues. Yeah, I think my biggest problem is actually the final page, which is an, an annoying place to have a problem. It's uh, the new Wally West's face, as he's saying it. It just okay. looks a bit goofy. It, it just, just doesn't really work for me. But again, that's that's Booth a lot of the time with things where it's still an action. Yeah, he kind of over-animates because he's not very good at just like you know conversation scenes, which is... yeah. I mean, it's a bit more than a conversation scene, but it's definitely uh, more like that than anything else. Um, I, no, I I like what it sets up. Obviously, it sets up in a little thread where uh, the Titans are fighting these like henchmen from Hive, and or at least they think they're from Hive, but they're not from Hive. And one of them like says to Dick, uh, "Yeah, Lazarus hired us. We've got a message. The contract is off, or the deal's off." Uh, and he pretends he doesn't know what that is, but Omen kind of reads them and can tell that he's lying. Yeah. Uh, so that, that sets up a bit of mystery. I'm not quite sure what that's hinting at. Like, what does Dick know? I don't know. I'm assuming Lazarus is Grant. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the obvious thing to assume. Yeah, I mean, I've got nothing else. Yeah, like, it opens with that. It's all about that for Slade. It's the only thing that makes sense right now. And I guess then it's a question of, if he's already alive, is it because Wally's already messed with time and, you know, this has just happened? It's on a loop. Yeah. I mean, is it... Like, what if Deathstroke already knows? What if saving him means, okay, because of what happened, he became this awful villain person, I want to save him. And by saving him, it just means going back and fixing it so he never becomes this kind of thing. I, I don't know. I'm just kind of... Hmm. I'm just poking at ideas based on what's there. It's uh, possible. Assuming that Lazarus has... Because it's the Lazarus contract. Maybe he's been hired to kill Lazarus. He knows Lazarus is Grant. 
So to do it, he's going to go back and save him before he becomes Lazarus rather than kill him. Yeah, because he doesn't want to do it. Yeah. Oh, that would work. Yeah. I'm mostly pulling that out of my ass, admittedly, but uh, eh. I think it would work. Yeah, I agree. I will say, I mean, as much as we talk about uh, Booth's art in sort of a negative light at times, I do like his layouts. Uh, yeah, no, I'll give you that. It, I like that they're always, or at least here, they're, they're, they're slanted, they're just not quite yeah. straight. They give it the sense of momentum that his art can have. They give it a sense of momentum. They also, like, see the second last page before we reveal Kid Wally? Kid Wally, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've really got to have a better way of differentiating these. Yeah, new Wally. Um, but it's like, it's these slanted panels, but as they're going down, it's like, it's, like this, it, it's almost, it gives you this momentum, but also this falling sensation, because they're sort of falling away further as they go down. Yeah, and they overlap at the edges yeah. as well. It's, and it, nice. it, it's almost like something's falling off of a table kind of motion. Yeah, and and when when Wally you know sees Wally at the end, you know yeah. where he says the the power he says oh no, that's where it's like it's completely fallen off. So it's like the pennies dropped, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, so so, I mean, I don't think Booth is terrible. Obviously, he has his problems, but I, I do think uh, his action layouts uh, are pretty good. Yeah, it's, um, faces are really his weak point, which. It can be such a drawback in these big emotional moments. You know, the the beat at the end there, like it, it it's that's supposed to be the big moment to end your your the starve you crossover on, and it just it, it loses it a little bit because I'm just going, oh, that looks a bit weird. But at least uh, this does bring in the Teen Titans, so obviously they're going to team up to try and get their Wallies back, yeah, and makes uh, sense. we'll see we'll see where where this goes with Slade and like. We, I'm get... I'm just excited to have Damien interact with everyone, frankly. As am I. Damien, Damien and Donna might be a good combo. I'm not. <laughs> in fact, mm. one of my favourite little funny moments is uh, one of the henchmen they're fighting at the start says, don't let the, the, the woman in black hit me again, please, to Dick. <laughs> uh, that, that just made me crack up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and that was a solid, solid start, to the, start to the crossover. Uh, it made it feel personal, it gives a sense of what it's going to be about, and I'm looking forward to Slade getting some uh, temporary speed force powers, however yeah. that ends up happening. So... Cool. Uh, so that's Titans number eleven. That is on a Detective Comics. Well, I, hang on. Oh wait, sorry. What did Matt think? Of course, of course. I, I do every, this every time. Every time he's away, I forget to say what Matt thought. <laughs> right, where's his Titans thought? Right. Calling it now. Grant is Lazarus, and the contract is from him. Oh, I said it was for him. Mm. But he thinks the contract's from him. Interesting. Uh. Okay, it'll make Deathstroke redeem his falling son. Also, why would Dick lie? Tempest is finally called Tempest and was hilarious. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alright, I, I, I think it's another fair guess. Uh, we, we seem to agree that Grant is probably Lazarus. Uh, but, I mean, Matt's not here to explain why he thinks the contract's from him, so it's a bit unfair. I mean, but... I, I could assume just based on the wording of the Lazarus contract, your way is probably the, the more obvious one. To me at first anyway because it's yeah. how you name it after the target whereas the his way is it's come from him so it's lazarus's contract so to speak yeah i, I think i just at least now i mean if matt was here to explain what you know his thinking with this i'd probably maybe see his side of it but at least right now i like my way better because it just makes it more personal and like heartfelt for slade that he's, he's going to he's trying to avoid killing him by going back and saving him to stop him turning into this mm. I, I like the time travel kind of fun of that 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's definitely getting into some time travel-y fun either way, potentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so like I'm saying, uh, that leads on to Detective Comics number nine five six, James Tinney in the fourth, or Tine in the fourth, and uh, Marcio Takara on art. So this was the conclusion to this current arc with uh, Cass as the focus. Uh, a lot more of her fighting Shiva with the rest of the team down in the sewers. Uh, also, you got uh, Daddy Kane trying to like get in there with his uh, his virus nanobot thingamajigs, try to like, kill everyone, and then realize, oh wait, no, Kate's not dead. Pull back, pull back. Uh, so there's that, and then there's a nice tease at the end for you know, of course, uh, a certain magical lady who might be appearing in the next arc. I'm more than okay with that. I'm sure you are. What do you think of the issue? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I had a few complaints, uh, in just in terms of structure, as well as, you know, just uh, a lot of the characters felt like, well, what was their purpose in this? I know it was Cass's arc, but this is still a team book, and if you're going to have them around, I feel like they have to be doing something. Uh, it was most notable for me with uh, Luke and Azrael. So they, they go off to defuse the bomb, mm. and then... Raz comes in, is like, right, I'll sell the bomb. And they don't really do anything? Uh, that doesn't bother me so much. As much as, I guess, a team book and they have to have stuff to do, it doesn't bother me that when there's a focus on one or two of them, that the rest are just there and being fighters. Uh, or I don't know, but it felt like they just shuffled them out of the way, and it's like, right, we'll catch up with them right at the end. There was, they didn't really do anything. They didn't contribute to anything, really. I tell you this though, I liked uh, Clayface and Batwoman. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah, Clayface like disguises them both as uh, like League of Shadow Ninjas to like sort of blend in because some of them are waking up. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, "Yeah, that's going to be weird for you, just as much as it is for me." And he like covers her in his own clay <laughs> and like yeah. gives her a disguise. I, I think that that's why it bothers me more with Luke and Azrael because you know we have these moments with with Kate and Clayface, which is like, "Oh, this is great stuff." Even like they're not the focus of the issue. It's still Cass's story, but they have great moments. Whereas Luke and Azrael are just like, ah, forget about them. We'll we'll get back to them at some point. Yeah, and Cass does beat Shiva. She beats her in a fight, uh, which obviously is a big deal. It kind of rounds out the art nicely because she couldn't do that at the start. And but before before Shiva gets carted off by Raz, uh, Shiva does whisper something to Cass, which we don't get to hear. Yeah, I'm so, sure it'll come up later. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Uh, but no, uh, I don't actually have a whole lot to say about this year because a lot of it was the fight between Shiva and Cass, and it was a uh, pretty well done. There was a lot of good momentum. There was a lot of uh, oranges and reds and speed lines and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. A lot of close ups on on Cassie's eyes, which I really liked, especially when her face was like stained with blood, which I, I thought was a really nice little touch. No, I agree. And it was nice just to see her eyes just in different directions, like you know, because that's her whole thing. She she reads people. So just to see the subtleties of just her eyes, you know, taking it in, it, it works a lot for me. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. Because her eyes do a lot more of it than for anyone else, cause, because she doesn't speak that much. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's cool. No, and obviously we end in the tease where it's like, oh, uh, you know, once upon a time I tried to use, you know, Batman's like, once upon a time I tried to use magic, Raz used that against me, so we have to get someone who can do something with magic, basically, is what it ends on. I mean, Rosatan is coming to the team, so this is just a nice little setup for it. Yeah, I also saw the the, the next, it says, uh, spoiler alert, so... Yeah! 
finally she's coming back. I mean, she's really only been missing for one arc, but of course that's like three months, so it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's felt like a while, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, let's get Spoiler back. Let's get Steph back on the game. So Steph and Zatanna. That's like, oh, this is perfect. Yeah, uh, so, no, it's cool. Uh, obviously, Raz looks quite good with his sniper rifle, I might add. It's not something yeah. I'm used to seeing, it's him holding a sniper well, that, rifle. That's why it was funny, because... Um, he he had a, a sniper rifle like that in the the last issue of All Star Batman that's the, when me and Matt oh. were talking about it, and he was just showing up with rifles and stuff. And we were like, but in that he was dressed in a tux, so it was a little bit weirder. All right, okay. But it is like he just brought the sniper with him. Yeah, but. okay. Uh, that's cool. Uh, no, I thought it was a fine conclusion. Uh, I I like, I like that, that this arc as a whole. I really liked what it's done with Cass. It's probably my favorite arc of the book so far. Yeah, in a weird way, this issue is probably one of the more least interesting ones to talk about, just because it it just kind of wrapped things up. She won it the did, fight. Did exactly what I expected yeah. to do. Yeah. Um. But no, I've really enjoyed this arc. It is most lately my favorite of the the three major arcs so far. There's been obviously a couple of little things in between them, but I think I might agree. Although the the drastic art shift in the middle might detract from it overall as an arc. Mm, yeah, which is funny because we complained about when that shift happens, but we didn't really complain about it in this issue in the last one because it was just a new art style. Like, yeah, at this point it was just, it was, it's a tonal shift that yeah. happens so drastically in the middle of a story that I'm not sure. Overall, you know, when you sit down and read this as a trade, it, it might feel a little bit distracting. Yeah, yeah. But story's on point, uh, Detective still firing on all cylinders. If anything, it's getting better. It's actually really funny that. This started stronger than Batman, but both this and Batman have both consistently seemed to improve as they've went along. Yeah. It's also interesting, obviously, that when we were setting up the, the League of Shadows stuff early on, it seemed like that was going to be like a, a big endgame, maybe, for the, the series. Mm. Whereas it's like, nah, clearly that was just the beginning. Yeah, yeah, there's something bigger. Raz is involved in something. There's all sorts of stuff going on. Uh, obviously, Shiva seems to know something this whole magic thing is coming into play. There's clearly a lot lot going on uh, yeah. that he's setting up. And it doesn't feel like we're even late into the run. It feels like this is still early. Act yeah, this feels like maybe up. like end of act one. Yeah, if that even. If that, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I might say that more after after magic's involved and that's established. Yeah. And go from there. Which is great because I am all for this being a nice long run that takes up a couple of omnibuses on the shelf once it's done. Yeah, that's perfectly fine by me. Uh... So that's cool. There you go. That's Detective Comics. And what did Matt think? What did Matt think? Good, good, good. Good, Connor. Uh, what did Matt think? All right, Detective, uh, Raz is a slippery snake. <laughs> Tenyon. He's spelled, he's phonetically put in, like what, how he wants me to pronounce Tenyon. He's put in Tenyon. Is writing the kind of Batman book I love, and it reminds me of Morrison's in a weird way. Cass is great, is a great character, and gets even more awesome moments in this one. Uh, Ulysses, though, dude needs to be locked up. Also, in all caps, magic. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, he's right on Ulysses. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's that guy is creepy. Although he did kind of have a point when he was talking to Daddy Kane. Yeah, I, he was like, y- "You're going to abandon our entire plan just because you don't might survive a probably lethal stab wound." Yeah, but and, you know, from from Kane's typical military attitude, he's in the right there. Yeah, 
Yeah, but that, that just shows you Kane's bias and Kane doing anything for his daughter, despite yeah. all of his weird like logics and his his loyalty to his cause. Yeah, yeah, he has a he has a line, and and that line is is Kate. Yeah, she has his kryptonite. One could say that, yes. All right, I'll take us on to Action Comics 979. Dan Jurgens writing Patrick Zutcher on art. Uh, this is... Well, it's the next part of the same arc, but it also kind of feels like the last two were like the, the setup. If it, it felt like it was a two-part prologue to this yeah, arc. Yeah, this, this is technically still a, uh, technically a new arc. Yeah. Because this is, this is Revenge, part one. Yeah, yeah. But, but like I say, because we were establishing the Revenge squad in the last little bit, it does feel like now that was just part of this still. Yeah, so basically Eradicator goes and gets uh, Mongol, who's still uh, wrapped up in Black Mercy from Trinity, might we add, uh, yeah. and gets him on team. And they go and steal, uh, what was the name of the stone? The the Oblivion Stone? I think so. Oblivion. Yes, Oblivion Stone. Yeah, it was in uh, uh, Superman's Himalayas uh, fortress. And some of Superman's like sort of alien friends who can't leave the fortress because they're they can't breathe on Earth. Uh, they try and protect it, but unfortunately, get killed. Uh, Blank and Eradicator and Mongol make make short work of them, and they take the stone to Henshaw. And then this is when things get really weird. Henshaw puts the two parts of the stone. He's already got the other half. He puts them together, and he becomes Cyborg Superman. Not to be confused with Zorel's cyborg Superman, who looks almost identical to him. He is the classic cyborg Superman, who, and he knows he used to be this. He's like, oh, I want to make myself what I was. I want to be like who I was. Yeah, obviously, we established in the last uh, couple of issues that Death of Superman did happen, and cyborg Superman at least was there. But it wasn't Zorel. Um, no, no, because we questioned yeah. that in the issue, didn't we? we yeah. Were like, oh, okay. It was him. But no, this sets up. It was him. So, so, so we have two cyborgs, two. Superman. Oh, man. They need to do a team-up. <laughs> One of them needs to get a slightly different costume just so I can tell them apart, because they do, they do look identical. They do, yes. Uh, but, and he makes Mongol like, kneel down and kiss his... Because Mongol's like, you should bow before me, human, and kiss my feet or whatever, and uh, he make, uh, then Henshaw becomes cyborg Superman and makes him do it. So we have our full revenge squad of cyborg Superman... Mongol, Blank, Metallo, and that Eradicator. Eradicator. Yeah, that was the one I was missing. Uh, yeah, so so we have all them. Uh, meanwhile, Clark and Lois are buying an apartment in the city, which obviously I feel like they that'll spin out of the end of the current Superman arc when we find out why they need to leave. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, they, they do give enough reasons of why they need to leave here anyway. Like, it's not that they need to leave, it's just that they oh, sure. want to come back to the city. But I'm pretty sure in Superman they're going to have a definitive, we need to leave this town at least, even if we don't go to the city, like, we have to leave Hamilton. Yeah, probably. Give, given the last issue of Superman, I feel like it, it has to. Yeah, it, that just makes a lot of sense. So they look at the apartment, and they're like talking about, oh, I can have access to the roof so I can fly off without being seen, John will have his own room, blah, 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 all your normal things. Uh, and then Superman gets like a, he gets a call from uh, the the fortress, basically, in the Himalayas, and he flies off. Actually, one of my favourite uh, bits of art in the book is when he's flying to the Himalayas. There's a, there's a mm. cool classic uh, running down the alleyway, opening the shirt up, which I really like, obviously, because it's just yeah. it's classic Superman. Um after he's been bickering with Lois about uh, running off and stuff and 
the house. But he flies off, and I love there's a page where it's like just like it's it's four kind of almost cinema shaped panels of him flying, and each one's over a completely different location. The first one's over the sea, second one's over a desert, and then the third one's over like snowy mountains. And I just like that. Yeah, that, no, I agree. The globe spanning kind of simplicity of it. It's really I, cool. I love the the page in between those two as well, you know, where it's the, the head on shot of him flying up in the air. Oh, just the leaving city. Metropolis, yeah. Yeah, with the city behind him, yeah. Yeah. So that's just fantastic for this stuff. Yeah, it really, really good. And it was funny because, see, before you got to the, the, the fortress at the Himalayas and it's all trashed, I was like, yeah, why didn't you, like, come get the stone and your friends and stuff? And then, it, but it, it, it reminded me once he got here that he didn't know about this. This all happened without him knowing. And Kalex told him it was fine, but it was it was forced by uh by blank. So yeah. it made more sense once he got back. But for a split second, I was like, Wait, why did he leave all these people here anyway? This is weird. Uh, but no, that makes sense. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, all the villains are hanging out in Batman's moon base. Uh, Bruce is going to be pissed when he finds out about that. I love that this moon base is such a thing now. I know it's great. Like, it's just so well established, and it's it's every time we've seen it, it's been in the yeah. Superman books. And and not even that, we we have this ongoing thing where Lois has like a back glove that can do like Iron Man esque blasts and shit. Yeah, it's great. It's really cool. <laughs> uh, she just has it like you know in the, in the bedside cabinet, just waiting to be used when the occasion calls for it. Ah, uh, dear. By the way, speaking of uh, him becoming Cyborg Superman, I do like the the panels of it happening. It's like you can see his like the skin, like his mouth, the side of his mouth is kind of opening up to reveal the metal. Yeah, yeah, and he kind of scratches the skin away, doesn't he? Yeah, then he rips his own chest skin off to reveal the ass, which yeah, you know, pr- pretty pretty out there, but cool. It is cool. Uh, yeah, him and Mom will have a bit of a tussle, and that's kind of it. And we end with the big uh, moment of uh, basically saying, "All right, there's one last one last uh, teammate we need for this this revenge squad." Just one last, one perfect last specimen to complete the Superman villain Justice League, essentially. Zod. I'm down for this. Yeah, and I assume he's still with Suicide Squad, or he's locked up with the Suicide Squad, because... I believe he's with Suicide Squad, yeah. yeah. Because it says uh, next assault on the Suicide Squad, so they're going to get Zod next issue. I Uh, feel like he's leading the squad at the minute, because you know all that stuff mm, went on with Waller. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do recall. Yeah, I've I've not been reading it, but I've, I've you know hear things here and there, and I think he's leading. Yeah, so That's should cool. be interesting. So uh, so obviously this was more villain focused. It set up the new team, set up Hank Hank Henshaw as this powerful cyborg Superman. Uh, meanwhile, we got the Clark and Lois buying an apartment, and it also also Clark finds out there is a threat. There is something going on uh, that needs his attention. Uh, that's dangerous. Def- I definitely enjoyed this more than the last issue because it felt like, oh, this is a story now. We've oh, got yeah. something to tell. Oh, yeah, Whereas I did. the last issue was, you know, a bit of a mess in that sense. I did as well. I mean, I really liked the first issue. That two-part, I liked the first one because of the emotion in it. The second one was a bit more of a murky or, like, there's not as much of a story other than building up the team a little bit. And the actual flashbacks we got to like, his life felt like they murkied the, the timeline a bit more than the first one did. Uh, whereas here, this is just clearly the start of this story, and so far, it's it's fun stuff. So yeah, it's uh, looking like it could be a pretty fun story. Yeah, I'm liking this whole idea of all of these biggest villains all coming to. I mean, Blank is kind of, I guess, the weird one out because all the other ones I think of as classic Superman villains, whereas Blank feels like a more recent. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure he's been around for like decades as an obscure character, but like in yeah. terms of thinking of a Superman villain, he's a recent one for me. Yeah, but I guess that makes sense. You gotta have one there that's the new one, and yeah. you know, maybe maybe some cannon fodder for Zod. 
Yeah. Uh, so what what did Matt think of action? I wonder. Uh, so what is cool is that Jurgens has used the threads from Lawson Clark Mini to build uh, a quagmire. He's also also cool that he really gets the Lawson Clark relationship, uh, which he does. Their, their banter as they're looking at the house and stuff at the start was great. Uh, and they're talking about how coming back to City Life, they're worried about like John adjusting to City Life because he's always been in the, the country. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, and you get like, the idea that they're different backgrounds, her being the military brat, and having moved yeah. all over, and him being like, nah, I, I like the one place. Yeah, all on the fact that I, my original home was 39 million light years away. But other than that, like, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't count, I don't remember it. Yeah, but I, I just like Lucy's reaction to that, though. I hate when you try to one-up me. <laughs> He's Superman, he can one-up everything. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Uh, he also said, uh, "What about Supergirl, Cyborg, Superman? Is he a copy now, or are there other things that can alter reality?" Hmm. Mm. I feel like they both exist, but yeah, maybe once the timeline reset with Superman Reborn, maybe Supergirl, Cyborg, Superman went away. But I don't know. It'll depend if Supergirl references it soon, I guess. Maybe it'd feel weird to undo that story that was the start yeah. of her. You know, that was her first rebirth story. I think there's more. What what I've got a funny feeling they might do is they might tie their origins together so they both get created the same way from the same source kind of thing or something like that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. That yeah, makes sense. I can see it. We'll, we'll worry about that later. Yeah, worry about that when they bring it up. But uh, there you go, that's, that's Action Comics. That'll take us I, on. I, I, oh. I just say, I really like how the first time you didn't forget about Matt... Was a Superman is, book? It, it, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Especially with a you know a certain thing being forgotten recently, it's just it's nicely ironic. All right, Most Matt forgotten. insists something's been forgotten. Ah, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Nothing's been forgotten. Yeah, because yeah. I know about that, this 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 Connor fellow who isn't you. No, going to be it. one. I don't get it. Anyway, uh, that'll take us on to Wonder Woman number 22, Greg Rucka and Bill Chris Evely on art. This is obviously Godwatch. This is the... That is not Bill Chris Evely on art. Is it not? That's what Comixology told me. But well, now you... Comixology is absolutely Although, wrong. Now that you've said that, I was thinking it looked weird for Bill Chris Evely. Now that you're bringing it up. Who was yes. it? It is uh, Maraca and Dolpha. Okay. We, we have seen somewhere in Rebirth because I, I, I mentioned... How I uh, saw so the art in Bombshells and was mm. enjoying it there. I can't remember what book it was on in Rebirth, though. Yeah, probably, probably filling in for someone for an issue. Uh, um, yeah, okay, that makes sense because I actually did recognise it looked really different than usual. Uh, yes. But, yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, so th- this is set in the past, although we're getting closer to present day because it says it's eight years since Wonder Woman left the mascara at the start of the issue. So yeah. you, you get this sense that we're building back towards roughly present day. And this was kind of a weird one to start with because it's like, oh, what's going on here? What was the premise of this? So basically, Wonder Woman is taking part in a chari- charity auction uh, to get a date with her. Uh, she's one of the sort of the the, uh, the, the, the what's the female version of Bachelor? Bachelorette. Yeah. For some reason, I doubted that. I, I thought of that and went, no, it's not Bachelor. Yet. That sounds <laughs> that sounds wrong. What's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? But uh, yeah, I'm okay. pretty sure it is. Uh, that's fine. That is. I think it is. I'm, I'm just having a moment. Um, but uh, she's yeah, she's she's a bachelorette, and she is uh, being auctioned off. And Bruce Wayne and Lex Luthor are in a bidding war to get the date. They're going up in the millions. They're having a proper dick measuring contest. 
glancing over at each other as they try to outbid each other. And then Veronica Kale <laughs> just comes in and offers like twice their top bid and wins the date. And I was like, oh, what's this about? What's going on here? Yeah, where's this going? Yeah, obviously she wants something, but I'm not sure what. And she, she takes her out and they, they sort of exchange a lot of small talk and they, they talk about their lives and their differences and whatnot. And then eventually, like, Veronica has this guise of uh, she tries to help this child trafficking thing and the criminals behind it want her so she's brought uh, this is what she's pretending is going on so presumably she's just hired these people to attack her uh, but Wonder Woman has to like help her and she you know uses the lasso I, re- I really like seeing Diana do stuff in a civvies yeah it was kind of cool just having her in like you know jeans and a shirt it was nice it's still, it's still keep the colour scheme with the blue jeans and the red shirt yeah but, yeah. but I don't know you know, I remember like the start of the new Fifty Two, and it was like Superman jeans and T-shirt, and everyone hated it. Whereas here, it's like, oh, I kind of like it. It works. I don't mind it when it's not. I I wouldn't like this to be her costume. No. no. <laughs> I'm I'm cool with something happening while she's in her civvies and she deals with it in her civvies. That's fine. But yeah. Uh, but no, so so that happens, and it turns out the whole reason she was doing stuff all this it was to try and uh, let her computer to analyze the lasso and the power that comes off of it and try and like figure out where Themyscira is based on that. It's all just a kind of a ruse to get close so she could do that. And they're like, oh, like it's giving off this weird energy. It seems like it's pointing to all these locations, but there's nothing actually there. So this is what it brings the idea that it's like a different dimension, that it's like a hidden like gateway to Themyscira yes. rather than just being a place on Earth. Um, and that's cool. But my favorite part of this show is the ending because Wonder Woman shows up uh, and it reminded me a lot of uh, like classic Superman stuff, like uh, very Lois and Clark episode one, where he comes to see Lex on the balcony, mm. and he's just like sort of letting her know that she knows what's going on, and she gives her the watch, the warning signal watch that she gave to Barbara Ann, and that was tampered with so that she would never get the the message for help, which resulted in her becoming Cheetah, and she specifically mentions this belonged to Barbara Ann, you may know her as Cheetah, and it flies off, and it's just this like I know who you are. I know what you've done. I am watching you. And it's just this great. It's just uh, what, what started off as a really weird issue. Like, I'm like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> uh, turned into this great little kind of like power play where they both know that the other one's up to something, but yeah. they're 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 playing nice. They're they're being friendly, and it's yeah, it's it's fun when that happens, isn't it? Yeah. So no, as I say, I like this a lot. Yeah. How how did you find the art? Given that it wasn't the the regulars. Um, it was very. It, it reminded me of something that you would see on like a Supergirl book, or even like a, even like an, an Archie book. Like it felt like the sort of thing a you bit would draw. Younger, maybe. Yeah, it, it felt like you would. Yeah, there were teenagers almost like going out and like a, for a fun night kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, also, I like this. Just uh, Veronica says to Wonder Woman, "Oh, that 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 excuse for chicken at that banquet was horrible. Let's go and get some proper food." And it cuts to them, and it looks like they're eating cheeseburgers. And well, I agree. To me, that is proper food. I feel like a rich person's idea of proper food is. Actual... I imagine that's the point where it's yeah, you know probably. it's supposed to show. No, she's normal still. She's still a, a normal person under it all. Well, I think that's what what this has done so well. As we've talked about this before, is how much sympathy we have for Veronica at this point. Like all all this yeah. stuff in God Watch that's shown what happened to her daughter and what she's had to go through. We don't actually hate her. We we see sympathy in her, and. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think this issue works even better for that because you understand why both characters... Because at that, that moment at the end, what I think why I love it so much is because Wonder Woman has a reason to hate her now. She she took her friend and put her in danger. 
and like mm-hmm. she has a reason to have a grudge. Uh, but you understand why she did it. So it's, it's it's this great thing where you can see both sides of the tragedy. And yeah, so. agreed. Also, I feel like we don't see Diana with the cape often enough because it looks fantastic. Hmm. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I didn't even think about it. But you're right. Yeah, I noticed it here. I was like, the costume looks really good here, and I was like, it's the cape. We don't hmm. see her with it very much, but it's the the blue cape stands out nicely. Yeah, and you only see it in the the last couple of pages. Yeah. Because most of it she is, as we said, because even before the civvy, she's in like a dress, she's in like a fancy evening gown kind of yeah. kind of dress for the auction. Yeah, the I cape, like the, how that, nice. that dress kind of reminds me of something you'd see in like, like it, it seems to say like very like ancient Greek almost, you know, Roman, that sort it, of. It does. It, it looks like something you would expect to see when they're doing like a, a play about uh, the gods and they're... Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I, I really appreciate that little touch. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, but I, I just, Joe, you know I liked about it as well. Is I, I liked when she put the, the the broken watch thing, the signal watch, in her hand. I liked just how much weight that carried, because I went, oh, I know what that is, and it, it was just this, <laughs> it was this great moment of like realization that she knows exactly what she was up to, and it was yeah, just... yeah. It's 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 great when they're just playing each other, and I, I actually really like uh, Veronica's facial expressions just you know just before she's given it she looks down she kind of looks ashamed mm. and it's like yeah, yeah I, I i she's not proud of what she's done i don't think yeah no i i can see that uh so that was good as much as it was different than normal i did like the uh did like yes. it a lot uh maybe the fact that they feel younger feels a little bit strange but maybe maybe that ties into this whole idea that they're putting on this show that they're, they're pretending to be yeah. more innocent than they are they're, they're both pretending to be oh i'm just an innocent superhero and i'm just an innocent rich billionaire who helps kids like they're, they're putting on this show and yeah associate innocence with youth and so maybe that kind of works in a mm. weird way yeah no, i see it uh oh wonder woman <laughs> still great another great issue um, uh, uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure matt is pissed that he missed a wonder woman week i know because we only have three left plus an annual that's all we get left i know i know and even then, the annual's not just by Rucker. There's multiple stories in there. Yeah, yeah. But it's got Scott back for the annual, so... That okay. is true. That is true. Uh, <laughs> okay, so Matt thought, solid art, but not evilly. Very good. <laughs> Rucker has made Kale distinctive from her other, her other villains and a uniquely a Wonder Woman villain, which Wonder Woman needs. It felt like a filler issue, but not to the level of issue 8, the Barbara Ann issue. <laughs> <laughs> of course he got that in there uh, I, I want to point out the word filler there I, I don't know, I think that's a bit harsh to uh, call that filler issue yeah I think this plays in very directly to the story, maybe even more so than than the, than the Barbara Ann the, issue the, the, the pedestal that is <laughs> issue 8 of Wonder Woman yeah I hate mentioning it because it means I have to you know, give him, I, I feel like he gets this just this spark of awareness every time it's mentioned on this show. Even if he's not here, he's yeah. like, oh, they're talking about it. Right now, he's sitting in a giant Mickey Mouse that's going down a roller coaster, and he's just, wait, wait a minute, I just felt something. Yeah, yeah, but he's going, they're talking about it. I win. <laughs> but but uh, that, that it felt like a filler issue in the sense that it was very separate from the current yeah. story. Whereas this, I feel like if this had been Evely on art, I don't think he'd have said it was a filler issue. Yeah, I feel like yeah. he just said it was the next part. You think he's maybe kind of just... It's a, it's a fill-in artist, definitely, yeah. but I think that is not a symptom of it being a filler issue. It's, it's almost a subliminal 
thing with them, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. Cool, cool. Alright, we're going to pause now, because I need to let that cat in, because he's being obnoxiously loud, and it's really distracting. <laughs> yeah. Alright, that'll take us on is Supergirl, issue 9. Damn cat. Issue 9 of Supergirl. Steve Orlando writing, and Brian Ching's back on art. Uh, yeah, I love this issue. I'll just... I'll, I'll put that out there right away. Uh, back, Batgirl's in National City because this this company's putting on a show about their new Phantom Energy, which uses Phantom Engine technology. They don't know where it's got got it from, so Supergirl's going there as well to investigate. Uh, as is Ben from the Catco, and of course, uh, villain shows up, causes chaos, and ends up sucking in. Uh, Ben, Batgirl jumps in to save her, then Supergirl goes in to save both of them, and they're trapped in the Phantom Zone. Yeah, pretty much. That, that's, uh, that sums it up nicely. That's the issue. Uh, I, I, will say, I don't think I loved it as much as you did. I enjoyed it, and I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what it does with the, the arc now they're in the Phantom Zone, mm-hmm. but I didn't love it inherently on itself. Oh, I was really into it, because lo- one of my favourite things is early on in the issue, we'll, we'll, we'll start on the way, Babs is just being Babs. Like she's there as like you know because she's got her tech company and all that. She's just mm. there as that. And Supergirl shows up when Ben is hanging around, and Supergirl knows it's Batgirl, but she just kind of like she just makes these little digs at her, these little comments where she's like, no, she knows because there's a Babs makes a joke about needing a super signal, and you know Supergirl says, ah, oh, well, uh, oh, I'm I'm not used to seeing people from Gotham without masks, and just just little mm. bits like that. They were just having some fun with it. Um, I'm not sure if. Babs knows that Supergirl's Kara, but I guess it doesn't really matter because she doesn't really speak to Kara. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean I'm sure she'll. If she doesn't, she'll figure it out pretty quick. Yeah, well she's smart. I mean she's she's Batgirl exactly. after all. Yeah, um, it was great having Ching back. Everything looked great. I thought because I mean I was like I was a fan of his art on this book anyway. Yes, uh, absolutely. With the addition of a uh, Batgirl now, who also looks great with his uh, style. Tell you what, that very first panel mm. is fantastic. Of Batgirl swinging in, yeah, yeah, uh, that and you know the the one where she's in the silhouette before in the in the through the window. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, that's really it. nice. No, it's really good stuff. Um, and obviously stuff goes down. It's a uh, Magog. Is that how you pronounce his name? I believe so. Yeah, it's one of these things with comic books. Though, if they've never been in a movie or a TV show, I've never actually heard someone say the name, so I just assume I'm saying it right. Oh yeah, it's Magog or Magog. Yeah. So I'd go with Magog. Magog sounds better. But he we'll shows up. He, he's setting up the Fatal Five. He's talking about... Uh, basically, he thinks that Supergirl is going to go on to do a lot of bad shit. And, Pretty much. Uh, basically ruin all of the future plans. So they're here to stop her from ever becoming... Because he says, oh, your, your legend's just beginning. It's going to grow to you know immeasurable heights. So I'm going to kill you while it's small. <laughs> That's basically his, uh, his thing. <laughs> Uh, what I like is that once everything goes down Batgirl obviously suits up and starts saving people even though she's just as susceptible to be sucked into the Phantom Zone but she basically starts grappling people around trees to, yeah, so they don't yeah, get sucked it's, in it's pretty cool yeah it's pretty simple and, until until one of the trees fails her yeah she, the tree snaps and that's what sends her in uh, but what I liked about that though is that it, it was uh, Supergirl's fighting the big you know super villain monster guy and Batgirl's doing all the rescuing people it gave them both like a solid thing to do that they could yeah, both be did. good at, uh, which I like. So, yeah, so Supergirl makes the choice. I, director Chase isn't very happy about it, admittedly, but she jumps in after them. 
And what I like as well about the art is once they do go into the Phantom Zone. Just completely shifts, doesn't it? Although the the colour palette mostly. The colour palette, but even the layout, because before before the Phantom Zone, it's all pretty and I don't mean this in a bad way, but it's pretty standard sort of boxes and stuff like that and Yeah, yeah the odd slant here or there, but it's mostly straight lines. Yeah. But then you go into the Phantom Zone and it gives you this double page spread of this uh, disorientating it was kinda of like what we talked about in uh, Titans almost, with yeah. the the slanting panels and then it sort of lands flat. But it, it this one it starts vertical and then yeah, slants yeah. until this. This one works better for me as well, though, because it feels fractured, where it's mm. like they're, they're completely just disoriented where they are. It's like everything's just broken apart, and it's like, okay, we're yeah. going to put things back together and figure out where we are. Yeah, you get a sense of they're really confused, and then by the time you get to the bottom of the page, it's like, okay, it's not that they completely understand what's going on, but they at least acknowledge that they can see the world around them, and it's not just disoriented yeah, yeah, they've, anymore. Yeah, they've got the footing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they basically explain it's the Phantom Zone. And then the end of the issue is the just sort of the tease of who the villain is in here and yes. stuff. Uh, and what was it? Uh, Lord Phan- Zadu. Yeah, the, the Phantom King. Yeah, the Phantom King. Who's got his Go servant. He's, he's, and he's, apparently he's got henchmen in there. Because keep in mind, everyone in here is a criminal, more or less. Uh, but he he's got henchmen who are basically like, allowing themselves to be killed because their power will force uh, like power his suit like his power suit is made out of the souls <laughs> of the people who are sacrificing themselves for him which is oh. pretty badass I'm yeah I was going to say that is pretty badass I will say this I like how he looks he's got a pretty cool spiky kind of shoulder yeah, thing going on and I really like how we don't get a proper look at him it's all just darkness and you know a little bit to light get a glimpse of the colour scheme but not yeah. proper look at him yet you never get his face yet it's, all, it's always silhouette even the last page where there is some light which I actually really like because his hands are lighting up so it lights up his chest but it doesn't light up his face it's too far yeah, away yeah it works doesn't it yeah it's really good but because he knows Supergirl's there he's like oh finally someone powerful enough whose power I can use to get out of here because she's charged with the yellow sun is basically yeah. his plan yeah uh, I was a big. I was looking forward to this arc just because I thought, oh, Supergirl and Batgirl trapped in the Phantom Zone. Sounds like fun. And yeah. so far, uh, I mean, this obviously was mostly the setup and introducing the villain and introducing what's going on. But so far, I'm down. Like I was really yeah, into it. Yeah, it was pretty good. I, I haven't got any real complaints about the issue. It was just a case of, you no, know, I'm just waiting for it to get going. Still, it's it's a it's a typical issue one of a story where often the they they suffer under the weight of setting up the story. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think when it comes down to that, it's basically just a case of how much do you like the story idea. And so far, I'm super into it. So, no, yeah. oh, that's fair enough. Uh, loving Supergirl. Uh, great. What did Matt think? I wonder. Yeah, did did Matt love Supergirl? That's the real question. Did he love Supergirl? He probably did. He's a scoundrel. Uh, where is he? Good to have Chang back in art. His Babs is fantastic. It's almost like we, we have a hive mind here. He's, he's, he's <laughs> echoing things that we were saying. Uh, loves Babs and Supergirl's banter before the Phantom Zone. Oh, that's something we also said. <laughs> also, we better get Monel soon. But wait, we need the Legion then. Well, given mm-hmm. we're setting up Fatal Five, who, as I understand it, are a Legion villain team, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I guess we're building to it. Uh, yeah, 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 they're still talking about Emerald Empress, obviously, yeah. so... I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Monel pops up in the Phantom Zone, given that that was a big thing back in uh, John's Superman mm. action comics run back in the day. So uh, yeah. it would make sense to me. Uh, I'm actually surprised he didn't uh, say we better get someone else soon in the Phantom Zone. Hey, there's got to be somewhere for him. But Monel does exist, unlike this other Phantom that. 
Phantom, yeah, very yeah. good. Yeah, I thought that was good. Uh, that's all the Phantom that Matt keeps going on about. Uh, so I just want to say, I actually like the idea of the Phantom King quite a lot in the sense that, you know, this is the Phantom Zone. We know, you know, the, the worst of the worst are kind of in there. But he's got these people who are subjugated to him willingly. It's almost like a, a just like an actual prison where you have cliques and you have like the, the guy who runs the prison. He's the big yeah, dog. Yeah, exactly. It makes him look powerful because it's like right, if you're powerful in here, then you must be reasonably worth considering. Yeah, he must be a badass. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh, I guess that brings an end to Supergirl. Uh, and this actually gets into the, the the weird part of the show, which I guess is counting as the quick section. Uh, we have five books here, and this is because Matt's not here, so Matt would have read some of these, making them doubles, but uh, as it is, it's uh, five solo books. So we've, we've alternated them, so it's just not one of his talking we, we, for the whole time. We've planned this better than last time. Yes, we did. Uh, so first up, I'm going to talk about Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, number 10. Julian Shauna Benson writing, uh, Roger Antonio on art. And this was the end, this was the conclusion to the, the sort of three-issue arc that we've had recently with uh, Black Canary got undercover, this villain Blackbird's been sort of training people with powers and then stealing them for herself. Uh, so this issue was basically Batgirl, Huntress, Nightwing and Green Arrow as a team going to save Black Canary uh, and try to break her out of a mind control kind of spell. Uh, some cool, and they basically succeed is the gist of it. Uh, but there were some cool things in there, like uh, Huntress calls the uh, I think Tiger from Spiral, uh, and uses the Spiral technology they've got to with with withstand the the main control that, that the villains got. All right. Uh, so that was a pretty nifty little thing. Um, other than that, it was just another kind of fun issue. They teased more of the uh, the new Oracle's sort of shadiness. Uh, where the, the team's finally starting to accept him as part of the team, but he, he needs these pills for his health, and whoever's giving them are now withholding them until they get to meet the Birds of Prey, so that seems to be what we're setting up the next issue for. Uh, and that's pretty... I mean, I'm not like necessarily in love with that tease. Like, uh, I, I like the idea of them having an oracle, but uh, the actual... Like you know, the actual guy has story. Like I'm not sure where it's going yet, and it could could be great. Uh, obviously, mostly what I liked about all this was uh, sort of the team up between the the four heroes. Uh, uh, Dinah and Ollie had a couple of cool moments with each other, where he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna," be, even though she's mind controlled and they're fighting her, he's like, they they sort of grab her with like a bit of cable so they can hold her, and Ollie's like, "I'm gonna be paying for this for." for months even though she's mind controlled and they have to stop her he knows he's going to pay for this uh, and when she snaps out of it actually she immediately like says oh, I've got rope marks all over me and it's like alright she's back it's her it's good uh, also one of my favourite little moments is when they're, basically this all goes down at the clock tower which is where Blackbirds went and when they're going up uh, Nightwing grabs Babsy's uh, grapple gun and says uh, going up, and she's like, "Don't mind if I do." And then she realizes, like midway up, like you lost your grapple gun, didn't you? He's like, "Yeah, uh, I'll thank you for the lift then." But he, like, you know, he grabbed it and he went up. But no, uh, so no, it was another finisher. I, I think uh, it's a very pulpy book where it's very simple sort of superhero stories, but the, the team kind of bonds, and uh, I like how it's bringing in these guest stars, like it's bringing in Green Arrow, which you know relates to Dinah. Uh, and it feels very much connected to the Green Arrow book a little bit because of that. Nightwing, it feels very connected. In fact, uh, the Gemini, who's the sort of villain 
well, she's not really a villain, she was being mind-controlled, but this was the, the first meta-human that Blackbird was controlling, and she took her power. Uh, she has all these regrets about what she's done, and Nightwing actually it leaves, ends with him taking her back to Bloodhaven to joining the group of supporters, you know, for the, for the yeah, ex-villains. The yeah, yeah. Uh, And I thought that was really cool, it was a nice way to tie it in. Oh, you're feeling all sort of uh, regretful, you're struggling dealing with all this stress of all this guilt. Yeah, I've got I've got a group that deals with this. And he's yeah. like, I'll take you back to Bloodhaven. And oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm wondering if we're going to see her pop up in Nightwing, maybe. Yeah, maybe in just like a little bit when you know when the whole group's together. Yeah, in, see, in their in, meetings. Yeah, so maybe Gemini will be in that group now, and that'll be that'll be kind of cool. If yeah. Uh Also, another little fun moment is a uh, Nightwing has a grenade at one point, and he throws it into the air and sit and tells Huntress uh, like on your six, and she shoots a a bow from a crossbow, and it pulls the pin out. So that the grenade, you know, when it lands, goes off. And she she turns around to him afterwards and says, Why don't you just pull the pin? He's like, What's the fun in that? Sounds like Nightwing. Yeah, it was just it was just flashiness for the sake of flashiness. But it was pretty cool. So I'll I'll give it that. Yeah. Uh but no, that was the gist of it. Uh tease for next things, fun, fun little crossover. Uh, I think if you dig the characters, that's pretty cool. Uh they put Blackbird in Arkham Asylum and she's like in solitude away from everyone else. She's not allowed to go anywhere near any metahumans because she might gain more powers as you do yeah. uh, but that was that was pretty much it so there you go that's uh, Background on the Birds of Prey number 10 it was a fun issue uh, art uh, I didn't really mention because it's the same artist as it's been for pretty much the whole series so it's still exactly what you expect for better or worse yeah so there you go uh, that will take us on to All-Star Batman number 10 written by Scott Snyder and art by Raphael Albuquerque and I'll admit Albuquerque Almost pulled me back in, but I resisted. Connor. Okay. <laughs> okay, so this is it's set in like two time periods. We have a, a before and now, and the before is quite a bit before. It's set in London, and that stuff is uh, police chasing this thief across rooftops, and you know there's this symbol that keeps popping up. It looks like maybe it's to do with a base or what he's stealing. I'm not entirely sure. It's not a bit. It's not quite clear yet. A base. Yeah, you know, for like, you know, when thieves mark their bases and stuff. So you know, all oh, right, all right. I, I, I was just thinking like a a bass drummer, bass guitar. Like, I, I was going to. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean a bass? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about superheroes. I know, but like, <laughs> I had nothing to go on. No, no, no. That's Continue. fine. That's fine. But this is actually uh, an Alfred story. Obviously, it's called the First Ally, and yeah, this is narrated by Alfred. It's from his point of view. Hmm. It's interesting, and I actually it properly gets inside his head, and I quite enjoyed that. Uh, like he he talks about how he raised Bruce. He 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 calls Bruce his son in his in this narration, which is you know it's a nice touch. Hmm. And um, but in the present day, they're they're chasing Hush. Hush is in a helicopter. He's stolen something, and Alfred is driving the Batmobile, and Bruce in the back seat waiting to, to catapult up, basically. And they go to a, like a, a football stadium, I think it is, and there's a big game on. And Hush, he flies over the top, and they're, and they're like, well, we can't go, we can't, if we go around, we'll lose him. And they go, right, we'll just go in the stadium then. And it's as they're singing the national anthem, I think it was, and he just... Actually, it might, might be baseball, I don't know. But either way, <laughs> I'm just... It's a stadium full of people. It's I'm just a looking sporting now. Sporting like, stadium, yes. Continue. Yeah, yeah. 
but he, he comes out through the you know the tunnel that the, the, the players come out uh, in the Batmobile and then launches up into the air to, to grab onto the helicopter from just out on the stadium. It's it's a cool moment. But they've got Hush, and I think that's the first time we've seen him in Rebirth. I think so. As soon as you said Hush, I was like, Hush? See how many he, he doesn't really have that big a part. He's just kind of, he's done something. And he's just a generic villain from the chase, so the story can play out that it's telling. Pretty much, but it's nice to have Hush around again, I guess. I haven't seen him in a while. Hmm? Actually, when was the last time? And, you know, I can't, not, not to harp on your mistake there, but football and baseball have completely different looking fields. <laughs> we don't really see much of the field. It's just because it's all from inside the Batmobile. And oh, then, yeah, okay. and then you, you look at the crowd from, you know, with the helicopter and then you come out of the tunnel and then he goes up. You don't really see much of it. It's only as I'm looking closely, I see, you know, Okay, I guess it's like I'm looking. There's one panel that goes. Oh, I guess that's a baseball field. All right, I'll, I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. But, the, yeah, the, um, the action sounds fundamentally. I'm assuming Albuquerque is uh, he, he glorious. Kills it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's uh, the colors are fantastic. It's a lot of these uh, really muted colors. There's a lot of oranges and reds as Batman's like getting angry, you know, and you know when the tension's building up and he's like, right, shouting, go, yeah, want to go to the helicopter. But then uh, it cuts to they've got Hush and they've got him you know, tied down in a hospital bed. And they start threatening him, basically, for, for information. And Hush is like, yeah, what are you going to do? It's, it's a scalpel. Like, I haven't done that before. So they basically go, yeah, but Alfred here, he's, he's pretty good at this stuff. So he's going to make you you again uh, as a threat to because the, the, the idea that he hates being himself. Mm. So... He's going to, because at the minute he's Bruce Wayne again. I, I don't know what he was last time we saw him. Again, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time. Did we see him in the New 52 at all? I don't know. If we if we did, it wasn't a notable story because I don't remember it. <laughs> I don't remember it either. But this issue was pretty dense because that chase was just the first you know, half, just under. I remember, the last time I really remember him was in... During all the Batman Reborn stuff with Batman and Robin and all that was going on, the Streets of Gotham book, which was yeah. quite good. Uh, that, that, was, that was Danny, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, that that had a fair bit of hush in it, and the build-up to that had hush in it as well in a small detective story. It was uh, Arkham mm. Reborn, I think. There was a little a little arc as well just before that series kicked off that had him in it. Because uh, he was basically pretending to be Bruce Wayne while there was no Bruce Wayne to keep public yeah. appearance up. Yeah. And there was, there was stuff going on there, but... Uh, which was obviously just after Heart of Hush as well, which was also... Uh, yeah, that was all around the same time period, though, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, they all sort of followed on from one another. Yeah, yeah. Some pretty good stuff in that time, actually. Well, a lot, lot of good bat books. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so they're, they're interrogating Hush and they're threatening him. And Alfred is talking about how you know Bruce, he won't cross these lines, even though he says this is the threat. But if he asked him to, Alfred, he would do it for, for Bruce. Mm. And it's you know it's really just getting into their head and showing their relationship. But the, then uh, we we cut back to this thief again. He's still running, and it's kind of a bit unclear what's going on here. He's just it's it's proper old timey London, you know, the big red buses and the police with the the tall hats. So I'm assuming it's Alfred who's a thief in these old days. Pretty much, right. pretty much, and I I think that's new. I guess. <laughs> I, I mean. 
you know what Snyder's eye changes these things and turns them in origins and stuff. I, I yeah. don't think Alfred was ever a thief. I've always thought of him as being in the army. Yeah, uh, army and actor. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, actors. Well. And, yeah, and they talk that. about this actually because uh, Alfred says how how good Bruce is at theatricality, and he's like, oh, I hope he got that from me. <laughs> yeah, there's some some nice little things in there that that really are that. Hmm. But they get, Bruce goes off to this big uh, big base where people sell all these stolen goods because Hush as Bruce bid on this thing, but Go- Gotham villains aren't allowed in this place because they'll bring the bat. So mm. that's why he did it as Bruce. But then when Bruce goes in now, he's like, they think it's Hush. So they start shooting at him and he, he uses this painting which is built off a part of a ship that somehow it's it's all ties into this pirate theme that's going on here and it's part of this pirate ship so it's you know reinforced with metal that was for cannonballs so bullets are no problem but then uh, he runs out and we find uh, this symbol and it's of course the symbol that we saw at the start with alfred as the thief and alfred's like no this has nothing to do with bruce this one's uh this one's me mm. but so I'm, I'm actually kind of intrigued. All right. Um, also, I should mention that he actually announced this week that uh, issue 15 will be Snyder's last issue. It's not 15. It's not there 15? Was a, some, a certain site has been misreporting that. Oh, right, okay. He did, he did announce he was leaving it, though. He did. He yeah. did. There was a certain site, which I don't want to name because it's awful, but you all know what it is, that <laughs> took a, a interview done with Newsarama, I believe it was, I think it was Newsarama. It was News- I think it was Newsarama. And uh, they took it and they s- basically in the interview, he said, right, I've got this arc planned. And then after that, I've got the the story with uh, Murphy. And that will be the last story on this book that I do. Right. So we're, and he said, so we're probably going up to about 20 then. Apparently, it's look- it's maybe 25 because it's quite a long story, apparently. All right. Okay. From from earlier reports and talk, it it was originally a six or eight issue arc, and it's kind of extended. Okay. So, so, we, so we don't know the number, but we know that he's got a couple of arcs left, and then he's done. Yeah, we've got this arc, and then we've got the the Murphy arc, and that's it. Right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, which honestly pleases me. I think he needs to get away from Batman. I think he needs to focus on some other stuff. Because uh, Alex Snyder, when he's doing a lot of stuff, uh, I just I've really fallen away from his his Batman stuff recently. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I really enjoyed this issue, this story. I think I'm going to enjoy it. I mean, I can see why some people would be a bit upset with, you know, the, the Alfred stuff and maybe it's like, oh, it's changing for the sake of it. But the actual narration about their relationship, I really enjoyed a lot. And that's the sort of thing that I enjoy. And obviously this, this series does not have the best history with Israel, with Alfred, given the, the very first issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, this this is maybe going a long way to redeem that for me and you know put it in the right frame of mind. I didn't read the backup though. But it's, uh, <laughs> the, the, it's it's not Duke anymore. Is it not? Okay. No, he did say in that interview he, uh, where Duke's popping up though. I can't remember where it was, but he's like, oh, that stuff is going to be carrying on somewhere. It might, maybe it was in Dark Knights or it was somewhere else. But he he mentioned it. If you want to go and look at the interview, you know you can find it. I'm sure. Cool. Yeah. Um, Matt did not read All Star Batman, so no thoughts from him on this. He also didn't read Birds of Prey, but he hadn't read that for a while, so no. And, but, and but seriously, that. The, the Albuquerque arc is fantastic. Oh, I have no doubt. It's worth reading just for that. I have no doubt. I, I don't know if it is. Uh, I, honestly, it, 
great art is great art and that's fantastic but if the writing annoys me I can't get through it I can't for Albuquerque I just can't do it if the writing's actively annoying me and feeling like it's a chore to read which to be honest All Star Batman was for me for most mm-hmm. of the issues uh, I just I can't do it. it it doesn't matter who the artist is it could, yes, it, it could be Alex Ross and I still wouldn't and Alex Ross is... Alex Ross isn't one of the ones I'd do it for Oh, it was just something special. Especially, oh, just, I, 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 go on. I was especially because yeah, it really does interiors. So when he's doing like a, an interior in a book, it feels like a special event because it's like I this get that. I actually don't rate his interiors all that much. I think he is phenomenal when you look at every panel individually, but I don't think his panels flow all that well as a storytelling. They have a different feel to most interior artists. I will, I will grant that. But I think they have their own special attributes. I think there's a, a majesty to them that's different. That's uh, fair. His uh, justice story that he did with uh, Jim Kruger, I think was the writer. Uh, mm. I thought it was fantastic. It was just a story that brought in every single DC character, just about ever. That's the thing. It's, he is like you know, phenomenal artist. There is no game around that. I just. Yeah. I think he's a better artist than he is a storyteller in the sense of just panel to panel. I'm not sure it flows as a story quite as much as I'd want. Eh, no, I'm all for more interior Alex Ross art. But anyway, let's uh, uh, move on to Superwoman issue 10. Uh, Kay Perkins writing and Steven Segovia on art. Um, I'm actually going to go to Matt's comments on this first. Because I you can... want to argue with him. Well, kind of, well, I don't want to argue with him, but I, I, I can spin out of it. Uh, Superman, he said he loved the cover, but uh, he's out. It's really taken a dive. And that last part, I really want to take umbrage with because I actually really like this issue. Like, mm. I think this is probably maybe maybe outside of the first one because I had those really cool twists, might be the best issue of the series. Uh, and honest, honestly, this new writer's really put my interest back into the book. Um, so basically, and what. What I liked about this issue, it did really well. It it took Lana's like sort of an anxiety and her own self doubt and kind of used it in a really smart way, because basically they've they've still got their uh, the suit that they made for her uh, that Tracy not Tracy sorry Natasha made for her um, during the first arc. The uh, was it the the beehive suit? What was it called? <laughs> let, me, let me let me get the name of the suit. I, I don't remember. know. There was a lot of names and words in that first arc. There was, there's, there's yeah. Too there, many to remember. There was, which is why why I'm not I'm not going to blame anyone for uh, not remembering it. Um, but yeah, so yes, yes, insect queen armor. That's what it was called, right? You can see where I got beehive suit from. Cause it's yellow as well. Um, sure. I felt but, it would have made more bee puns though if it was a beehive thing. Pr- probably, probably. But they basically test the suit because they find that the suit is still giving off energy for some reason, even though she's lost her powers. And basically what we find out throughout the issue is that the suit, because of the way it's designed and because it's tied to her genetically, has retained the powers so that if she's wearing the suit, she still has the powers, but she doesn't have the powers outside the suit. Alright? Which is a little bit convenient. It's basically just a way for her to still be a superhero. Uh, Yeah, yeah. it kind of works for me in the sense that it makes her, you know, she has to change into the costume. She can be vulnerable, though, because she, when she's out of the costume, she is just a human being, and that yeah. can be trouble. But basically, they put her into this, this chamber to test the suit, and the suit kind of, like, it kind of goes through her inner thoughts and, like, what, what's what's worrying her right now, because we open with, like, her having, a, like, a, a nightmare 
it's basically just the the, the events of what's happened with uh like you know superman and becoming energy and all that stuff and like all of it like all, all the trauma that came from that and it basically goes through all that and uh, Natasha and uh, John actually like this is the first they find out that she's not been sleeping that she's had no appetite that she's struggling with life right now uh, and we sort of learned a lot of that with when she was with Clark uh, last issue but it's going through all that and it brings up some other old threads about uh, Natasha's little brother who was kidnapped by a supervillain uh, when he was younger uh, and we learned some of the stuff about that uh, which comes into it later but what I really liked is it's basically the whole idea with this chamber and her suit is that it's kind of her own current like subconscious is attacking her because it starts like actually attacking her with machine guns and we find out she's actually like powerful enough with the suit on to take it like because she still has her powers with it but I like the the simple little idea that it's it's using her own self-conscious against her so because she is beating herself up because she has all this doubt that doubt is actually physically attacking her <laughs> in this chamber it, it just it plays with that a little bit and I actually kind of like that I mean, she basically decides that she actually is Superwoman, that she is this person. Uh, these the suit kind of like becomes that suit again, like it actually mm. forms the S and th- does all that stuff. Um, a little flashback with Clark uh, when he tried to cheer up and all that, and we see she wakes up again in the middle of the night. But this time she, uh, it's not a nightmare. She has a dream about uh, Clark comforting her, and she finds out that. Uh, Natasha's dad, who is also a villain called Crash, has escaped from prison, as well as Skyhook, who is the villain who kidnapped uh, Natasha's little brother. Because there's, there's a flashback at one point with Natasha uh, not being picked up from school, like her dad just doesn't show up. Right. And we sort of learn that she's so close with uh, her uncle because he kind of stepped in and became the father uh, for a lot of her childhood. And, and she's living with him and stuff now, so that makes sense. Uh, but by the way, Skyhook looks pretty badass. I want to point this out. Uh, I actually really like the art. Steven Segovia, of course, was doing a lot of action issues recently. Uh, he's been popping up quite a lot in that. Yeah. Uh, so the art's really, really up. And what I love is, so basically we go through all this stuff with her self-doubt and her kind of realising she still has the powers with the suit. She gets up in the middle of the night and sees this news report that Skyhook's been escaped from prison and he's out. And she basically has a stupid idea, despite the fact that she's not trained, despite the fact that she's feeling vulnerable. She puts on the suit and she goes to face him. And it's like pouring a rain and Skyhook's kind of got this almost Grim Reaper-esque like, hood, and it's like darkness, but like the eyes are like fire. It looks really badass. Like It's a really mm. cool look. Uh, and she goes out to fight him in the rain, uh, and it's a really cool visual. And it, it's literally just the last two pages, but it's basically just her like narration. She gets grabbed by the neck, and in the last page, she basically ends with saying, I am human, and kind of like how Clark, like his humanity makes him who he is, she realises that her humanity is what will make her superwoman. It's not the powers. Uh, mm. and she sort of ends with saying I'm Superwoman and uh, you know it's time to fight and that's kind of the, the sort of the uplifting ending she's sort of realised that she is this person and kind of surprised Matt didn't dig this frankly yeah it is kind of weird I'm I'm not sure why he wasn't into it uh, but I was well, when you say all that stuff there that's like exactly why Matt loves Superman so much mm. yeah so. and she's even learning the lessons from Superman about how to yeah, be this yeah. and so I, I don't get why he didn't quite like it but if he's out he's out whatever uh, but that, that last part that he said this is taking a massive dive I take umbrage with that because I think it's the exact opposite I think it's getting better uh, obviously we had a lot of problems with the first arc uh, but obviously the writer's changed the artist has changed and uh, I really like this issue actually I like what it did with her I like that it's building her I like that it's building a lot of her supporting cast because like, uh, Natasha gets a lot in this and this whole idea of a little brother being kidnapped he's still never been found he was kidnapped when he was 8 and he's, they still don't know where he is 
presumably mm. dead, although it's a comic book, so you'll probably show up alive at some yeah, point. Yeah, I was going to say, why, why would you presume anyone's dead in, in a comic story? Well, when I say presume dead, I, I mean like the characters would presume he's dead at this point. I don't know. Connor, in any real-life situation, if a kid went missing when they were eight and they've not been found for years, you'd probably assume they're dead, right? You agree with that assertion? Uh, from an outside perspective, you might assume they were dead, but typically the families don't. That's that's kind of how that's it goes. That's all I meant. I didn't mean literally. I, that's why I corrected myself. It's a comic book. He's probably alive. I just yeah, mean... yeah, what I'm saying is they're probably hoping and thinking he's still alive somewhere as well, as, as, as his family. You're just arguing with me for sick of arguing with me. You know what I meant. <laughs> God damn it. Um, yeah, so I really like the art. I really like what they did with Lana's character. I like that it's building up her... Uh, Natasha specifically in this one, but by extension also uh, Steel, because he's connected to that. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's given her a stronger supporting cast. It's kind of becoming the book that I wanted it to be after that first issue, which is nice, because <laughs> it got really bogged down with being over-told with Lena Luthor and all the rest of it and all that that was going on, and it was a confusing read. Uh, yeah. But I like this one. And then the last page is glorious. It's her being grabbed by the neck and the rain's pouring down. There's rain like pouring down her face, but she's got the heat vision eyes and they're like steam coming from the eyes. And she's like, she looks determined despite the fact she's been grabbed by the neck by this. Again, I have to really emphasize this. I mean, Skyhook is a really weird name. I don't know why he's called Skyhook because he has nothing about him that makes me think of hooks or sky. But (laughs) I mean, I think, I don't know, Fire Eyes would be a better name or. Skyhook, that's that's that thing right where they, you know, you wear, you know, when you in in sci-fi, you have the big ship and they drop down the platforms that go down to the earth or down to the ground, mm. and it's like, you know, a big wide open space, you know, with like gardens and stuff on. I think that's a skyhook. Is it? For some reason, I was thinking of uh, when you go skiing. I was thinking, not not a ski lift, but I was thinking of like a skyhook being something where you'd you'd use, mm. you know, I don't know, like. I don't know, it just made me think of that, I guess. <laughs> I think of that, or I think of, like, a, a big grapple gun. Yeah, yeah, why not? I don't know. That's what I think of. Uh, so his, his name not really matching his presence is fair enough. I'm, I'm not familiar with this villain. I'm sure he probably does come from somewhere. He's probably been an obscure character before, but uh, I'm digging him. By, by the way, if you're watching the show or listening to the show and you know who Skyhook is in his past, by all means, uh, fill me in. I'm curious. It looks or cool. just just tell us about the name at the very least. Yeah, why not? Uh, but no, I, I really dig Superwoman, so I am I am disagreeing largely with Matt. I will continue to read this uh, quite happily, and I, I already dropped GLA for this week, so uh, I have room. <laughs> I have convenient room. Week two wasn't so bad. This, admittedly, that's partly because uh, Flash got pushed, but still, still. yeah. Uh, Means week fifty two is gonna be a big week. Um Alright, so that's Superwoman number ten. Back over to Connor, Hal Jordan and the Green Latin Core number twenty. Robert Vendetti writing and Rafa Sandoval Sandoval, rather, on art. I put an extra syllable in there for some reason when I yeah, said that. I was like, that, that didn't sound right. No, I, I don't know why I did that. Uh, I, I guess I just got really because you know it's a foreign name, I just I thought, nah, I'll put some more syllables in. They always have more syllables. There's always tons of them, so just oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, go on then. Did, did did Matt read this? Uh, I think he did. I think he did. Would you oh, want to hear? Well, yeah, yeah, I'm intrigued to know what he thought before I say, say my thoughts. All right. Not as good as it had been, but still better than it should be. Take, take, take from that what you will. Hal doing Hal things makes me... And then he's just put Z... 
Yeah. Sleep noises. Yeah. And he said, Guy is the best and better than Kyle, and Peter needs to read this. Uh, screw you, Matt. That's all I have to say on that. I think I agree with every point he said there, actually. Kyle over Guy, but that just be, that's just me being me. What happened? Kyle makes a giant baseball... Not Kyle. Hal, uh, Guy makes a giant baseball bat and smacks those energy creatures. Oh, it took, so that's cool. Oh, it took three attempts to get to the right lantern there. <laughs> Very good. I know, I'm, I'm looking at a page with all of them and I'm like, which one am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no. Carl uh, was still a little bit weird in this issue. You know how I mentioned last time he did the, the flirt with Saranik at really inappropriate times and it was just like, this doesn't feel like Kyle. I know, I know he does that, but just not at that moment. Hmm. And it was the same thing here. They were going up to fight all these things and he's like, hey, big battle's romantic, right? I was like, eh, okay. But anyway, it's the, they're fighting these big will thing. You know, the, the creatures we were talking about the last couple of issues hmm. that they were attacking Mogo. Hal went up to fight them, and turns out they're made of, of will energy. So their rings do nothing against them, no matter how much they fire. They basically do this cool thing where they all charge up Mogo and like they share their power, and he lets off this big massive beam at them. But it still does like nothing. I have the planet blast them. That's a good idea. Yeah, it's a pretty good idea, to be fair. Yeah, but, but it's good as you can get. Yeah, it is. And and it's actually quite a nice visual when, when that happens. Uh, it's pretty cool. But uh, ultimately, uh, John actually tells them all to surrender and lay down their rings because they can't beat them. Hmm. So that's, that, that's kind of the ending from his side. The other side of the story is one I'm kind of not as keen on because it ties back to Venditti's work where I didn't like it. Hal? It was Hal, and it was, do you remember the whole DCU bit where he was wearing that glove? I remember you telling me about it, yeah. Uh, I, I, I only read like one or two issues of it, and I was like, nah, still not for me. But at the time, he, he was he was kicked out of the core or something, and he stole a glove. I think it was one of the Guardians made the glove. It was the prototype for the, green, for the rings. Mm. So it could channel the energy, but it was a bit unhinged. And it's what he used to create his his own ring at the start of this series. But uh, it, the whole thing was that glove actually is sort of sentient and it bonded with Hal to a degree and it created all these things. And Scarrow, was that his name? Uh, I can't remember the, the villain's name. But... Um, not to, he be, knows, not to be confused with Starro. Scarrow. No. Sure, it was definitely, a, there was an S and there was a K in there somewhere. But um, <laughs> basically he said that his dad, Hal once told his father where this glove was buried. So that, and then his father told him, so that's how he knows about it. And he basically ends with this big gauntlet and then, you know, the creature coming out of the earth under this planet, a big it's kind of like a Green Lantern-looking thing, but made out of will. It's just made out of the energy, and him going, oh, he'll have to battle his own creation. And I'm like, eh, okay, Hal. Hmm. Every Hal plot in this has been kind of boring, and it's always the worst part of the book. Everything else has been really good. Interesting. But, yeah. Oh, well. There you go. That's Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern core. 
that will take us on to the final book, which is one I read. Uh, New Superman, number 11, Gene Luen Yang, rating Billy Tan on art. Uh, Bogdanovich is gone. He's he's away doing action comics issues now. Didn't do this week's, but he's doing some of them. Uh, I kind of like Tan. Usually, I'm, I'm hit or miss with him. And he's good in this. Like as much I said, I pointed that out because it's a change. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I have a, sometimes I'm like, oh, he's great, and other times I go, eh. Honestly, it does a quite a good job of continuing a similar style. It doesn't feel like a massive departure from the previous okay, style. Because I definitely wouldn't have said he had a similar style. You know, if I just when I think of his work in yeah. general. Yeah. Well, obviously, I think you know the coloring, coloring is the same and stuff like that. That helps kind of keep it tied, yeah. sort of grounded together. Uh, but certainly there was nothing that made me go, oh, this is so different that it's taking me out of this or anything like that. Um, part of this one was actually really fun. So so um, Avery from The Flash, who joined the book over the last couple of issues, who's now the, the China Flash, right? And they, oh. and, and they do point out that she is actually American Chinese, but whatever, she's, she's part of the Chinese Justice League now. And they're doing tests with her backside delay and are testing her uh, powers and stuff. And Keenan unlocks his speed, his super speed, because he's he's doing more of his meditation stuff, and he uh, and there's some really fun banter there as well with uh, Ming Ming who works at the the ministry. Uh, was like, you know, I never noticed that Ming Ming looks as this attractive before. Uh, too bad she's not my type. And then Ming Ming says, "Hey, King, uh, something I need to tell you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but I'm not your. T- you're not my type. Like he he just says that out loud as if that's what she's going to ask him." Uh, but he's actually he's a, his legs are vibrating because he's getting his super speed. He's he's kicking in to his new powers. Uh, but basically, him and Avery have a race because he just shows up at the ministry. He's like, "Hey, I got my super speed," and they're like, "Oh, let's find out who's the fastest person in China." And they just start speeding around. And they Quite basically a classic trope: Superman yeah. versus Flash. But they basically start uh, like cheating. Like they keep trying to trick each other by like stealing the other one's kinetic energy, uh, like tricking them into thinking they're stopping for a break and stuff like that and it's just it's just fun but so that that's all going on and then meanwhile uh the china white triad group uh murder uh, a scientist that we met like several issues ago underwater and it all ties into delane's backstory about her being found in concrete and like she escaped from like a concrete prison and it was to do with this this sorcerer uh, monk fahey who who's a sorcerer whose spirit animal is uh, a turtle and is that important? Yes, it is important. <laughs> I'm getting to it. It's definitely I wasn't important. sure if that was just an ancillary detail you were going, heh, enjoy this one, or if that's something that <laughs> no, I no. think you need to know. So, so the China White Triad like, bring him up, because he's, he's trapped in stone at the bottom of the, the river or the ocean, and they bring him up to the boat, and they inject him. They, they, they mention, oh, this is something from uh, one of Superman's villains. Uh, it turns out it's actually like a doomsday like, serum or whatever. And basically, so he breaks out of the rock, and he becomes a giant doomsday-esque turtle kaiju. This sounds phenomenal. And he's coming towards the shore. Uh, basically, uh, Keenan and uh, Avery kind of like just kind of run into it and like, oh crap! There's a tidal wave coming because there's a giant turtle coming towards the you know the city. And they like and then uh, back saying Delane show up as well. And Delane's sort of taking charge and tries, and they all sort of try and fight him and save people. And uh, Robin Bot's around. He's flying now. He's a little flying robot. It's kind of like Skeet almost, but he's Robin oh, Bot. Okay. Uh, and that's fun. Oh, this was a blast. Like I was, <laughs> I was really into this. Oh, that sounds uh, pretty fun. It seems like I Ching maybe behind the whole thing. Like that, he's he maybe hired the the, the China White Triad to do mm. all this. But no, so we got a kaiju 
basically coming towards the city and they're all at one point Delane's basically saying, Oh, I'll turn myself in, I'll 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 sacrifice myself if you save everyone and then the others kinda like grab her and say, No, you're not killing yourself. Uh we can we can deal with this. Hmm. Uh but no, I, I can't get over just how fun this ended up because it was just the race itself was fun and then you introduced Turtle Kaiju and I'm just like there's a giant you know, because it's like a turtle but it's got like sort of some doomsday spikes kind of thing going on. Coming yeah. out of its shoulders and stuff. So it's got this like demonic kind of look to it. Uh, but no, it was, it was super fun. Uh, but no, that, 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 that was near Superman. I'm, I'm just checking to see if there's anything else that I'm, I'm glossing over. But that was... And uh, I assume Matt read New Superman. Uh, I think he did. Oh yeah, I, I didn't mention the ending. So basically they're getting their asses kicked and um, what's her face back at the ministry is, is being like harassed by the, uh, like, the, the Chinese... Prime Minister, whoever, who we who we who we actually being like kind of like edged on by someone else, uh, I Ching, I think, but it 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 cuts to uh, basically it's like oh release Superman Zero, who was the Superman from the uh, final days of Superman from China, that remember mm. was going nuts and he was killing people yeah. and he was burning up, uh, so the, the actual end of the book is that Superman Zero shows up, he like uh, Keenan sees like heat vision hit it, and he's like oh Superman's here. And he turns around, no, it's not Superman, it's Superman Zero. And he's got like a, a slightly modified version of uh, Keenan's costume with a black cape. Uh, okay. So that, that's the big ending. So we now have uh, Superman Zero. Uh, the arc is called the Zero Ultimatum, so it seems like he's going to be a big part of it in dealing with Superman Zero. Uh, so, no, that was the ending. But no, giant turtle kaiju and Avery's like a proper part of the team now and like she's bantering with the others. She seems kind of childish, kind of like Keenan is. Like she's, like she's, because she only seems to care about like getting faster in her own speed. Yeah. So she seems kind of childish in that sense. Plus, it looks like we're going to get a little bit more Delane's backstory and how she became who she is and why she has her powers, and kind of this ties into like something that's going on. And I'm guessing like she might be quite old then. Like she may actually not just be as young as she seems. If like this, because this sorcerer's apparently been down here for a long time. Mm, so okay. I'm wondering how that's going to like tie in and uh, let us know what's going on with that. So no. Nice to see some cross pollination from the you know the other rebirth books. Been it's been very good with that since rebirth. But yeah, like uh, Raptor and Deathstroke. Now we have Avery being the, the Chinese Flash for yeah. uh, New Superman, and we've had some other stuff pop up here or there. Uh, I like it. It's, it seems like the editors are really on the ball. Yeah, really are. Uh, but yeah, not only it's cause it wasn't just, like cause at first it seemed like it might just be a cameo when he was in the US for a couple of issues. Yeah, but she's like a proper team member now, and it feels like no, we have four members now. It's we have Chinese Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Flash. Yeah, it feels like she was made in Flash anyway, and they were like, hey, let's just use it. And the yeah. editors were like, yeah, use this one. Yeah. Uh, so we just need a Chinese uh, character to get a, a lantern ring now, just to... Actually, it's really funny, because uh, at one point, uh, Keenan... It seems like he only, can only use one power at a time, because he actually uh, channels his, his key into like a, you know one yeah. of his body parts to like trigger a power. Uh, so that seems like a, a sort of a thing, like a, a, a handicap that he's got now. He can only use one at a time. Uh, but he, it's, it's at one point, because he uses X-ray vision to help uh, Avery like get to various people to save them, because they're, they're all being flooded because of the, the tidal wave. And But he, he ducks down to save some people who are already underwater, and basically his narration says, you know, we should really rethink our stance on having a Chinese Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, so that that was a uh, new Superman. A lot of fun. Like I, like I did. Ha- I mean, I had like what no complaints about any of my books this week. Really, like I had fun. And admittedly, that kind of happens when I cut out the ones I wasn't feeling, like All Star Batman. 
but and JLA and JLA, but like I had a I had a great week of books. Let's ask the real question: Which one would you rather read, this week's issue of JLA or this week's All Star Batman? Probably All Star for Albuquerque, because that's at least you've got something there. Yeah, I've got the art to like gawk at. I mean, that's yeah. that's at least the thing. What did uh, what did Matt think of that? Well, what did Matt think of that? That's a good question. What did Matt think of that? Uh, opposite of Superwoman, I disagree with that part. Uh, love the giant turtle and what Yang is doing with Keenan and the Justice League of China. Also, Avery is stealing every scene she's in. So yeah, she's a great addition to the book. Is basically uh, yeah. what we're saying. Um, yeah, for for me, probably that and Superwoman are kind of. I mean, I'd probably say New Superman's definitely been better the, the, the whole way through. Like, New Superman's been good since the start, and it's been very consistent. Yeah, but th- this issue to this issue. This issue to this issue, though, I'm I'm not sure I'd I'd necessarily pick one over the other. Uh, well, I mean, have, have to in a minute. In a minute yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> we'll we'll see where they they, they line up. Um, but now I had a good week of books, which I guess takes us on nicely to our end of week picks. Or choices. Yeah. Uh, Matt's already got his written down, so I can. So we do can this. start with him. Yeah, yeah. this makes life easy. Uh, so Matt's favorite panel of the week was Cassie's anger panel at Raz. I think this was uh, just after Shiva gets shot. Yes. She has uh, her ang- angry face when she's like basically yelling no. That's uh, uh, not a bad choice. Uh, that's fair. Connor, what's your panel of the week? Uh, my panel is going to be Diana in her civvies blocking the bullets. It just you know before she uses the the lasso, but yeah, it's yeah. When, when the guns come in, she jumps in front, and it's actually the bottom panel where she's just there, you know, arm raised. It's great stuff. No, that's that's fair. I'm I'm going to confess, I have zero preparation. Yeah, you're a little annoyed. I was so quick with that, aren't you? Yeah, because I don't have time to think about mine. Uh, I have zero preparation for this. I do apologize, uh, but I have a feeling. That um, yeah, I actually I think I might go with uh, action comics. I'm gonna say Superman there, but you know what I meant. Action comics. Uh, I'm gonna go with that page where he's flying over the different locations. I actually really like that. It's a great page. Uh, so yeah, I'm going with that. It, it's more like three panels instead of one. But yeah, yeah, no. that that was one of my possibilities. Yeah. You know, you know, when you you work through these, you go, okay, it could be there, could be that. That was that was one of the ones that went through my mind. Ah, there you go. Uh, best cover of the week uh, and this is interesting Matt picked Superwoman <laughs> despite the fact that he was otherwise very negative about it he, he said Lana plus Hammer equals hearts <laughs> of course very good very good it's uh, very Matt isn't it it's, it's very Matt oh it's, it's, it's a super character plus Thor oh yeah I know that's what he's picking uh, what am I picking it's a good question uh, I don't know uh, I do like Wonder Woman where she's like uh, flying uh, behind like the window yeah, uh, I like action because it's all the villains and a team. But I think I'm going to have to go with Supergirl. I really like uh, Supergirl and Bab side by side in the sort of the. It's, it's almost the, the glass from the Superman movie to show you in the Phantom Zone. The, yeah, this one. yeah. Uh, I quite like that. Uh, no, that's pretty good. Honestly, it was quite a good week of covers. Actually, there's very few of them that I would say I didn't like. No, you're right. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Wonder Woman. That you know the the way it's split into the thirds with the window pane. Hmm. And, and and her standing and the, the the two of them in the middle and then the dogs on the sides ah oh, I loved it yeah no it's a nice cover Can, cannot complain uh, so best art of the week then uh, this is a bit tougher Matt Matt went with detective comics interestingly hmm. but oh so, yeah. he's he, he's just said detective I can't tell you why he picked it but he's picked it 
But he picked yeah, his panel from that, so I guess that makes sense. Uh, what are you picking? I'm torn between All-Star and Wonder Woman, actually. Because mm. on one hand, Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I do think Aldolfo's was better storytelling, maybe. So, no, no, I go can't. either way. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, actually, I'm going to go with Supergirl. I'm, I'm, I'm tempted by new Superman. I am tempted. Uh, and obviously, Action Comics was great. Wonder Woman was good, very good. But uh, I think for me, Supergirl, I really like uh, Ching's art. And... Yeah, that's great. I, I think I'm going to settle on Wonder Woman just because I think yeah. I enjoyed it overall. Uh, yeah, it's consistently great throughout the issue. Yeah. But again, lots of good options. It's kind of kind of a tough week in that way. Uh, where I feel like there's a lot of great, but maybe just not that one that sticks out as being, oh, this is obviously the fantastic one that has to win. Yeah, sometimes you do have that where it's like, well, yeah. it's obviously that one. And yeah. it's just none of them are quite there this week, but they're all very close. Uh, all right, so top five. So obviously we'll go with Matt's first. Mac has, Mac, Matt has put Detective Comics at number one. He's put Action Comics at number two. He's put Supergirl at number three. He's put Wonder Woman at number four. And he's put Titans at number five. Connor, what was your top five of the week? Probably nothing like that. <laughs> okay, no unanimous picks this week. Go on. No, then. no. Uh, Wonder Woman is number one. Okay. Two is probably... Yeah, yeah probably go Detective, then Action. And then, I, mean, I, I guess it's the same box, just in a different order. Because then I'll go Supergirl and then Titans again. All right. Uh, okay, what am I picking? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm really. You, you read some drastically different books to me and Matt. I did, yeah. So that made completely shake things up. Honestly, I think I'm going with Supergirl at number one. Mm. And then I think I'm going with Wonder Woman. And then. <laughs> right. Supergirl, Wonder Woman. Then I think I'm gonna go New Superman, and then I'm gonna go Superwoman. So that's where they came out. Yeah, that's where they came out apparently. And then in fifth place, I'll go D- Detective. I think. Did I say I said Wonder Woman number two, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Right. Or action. I feel that's a lot of super though. If I pick, because <laughs> I put Supergirl, Wonder Woman, and then New Superman, then Supergirl, or Superwoman super rather. Yeah. Uh, but I kind of want to say action in last place. Man, that's a lot of super Superman family books this week for me. But yeah, far more than Matt had. Yeah, I know. That, that, is, really a, that is a rarity. Yeah, Tech. I mean, Tech was a good issue, but it, like it was just kind of what I expected. So it just it was good, but I, I think top five. I'm I'm going with those five. I, I think I'm going for a four out of five super family ranking this week. There you go. There you go. Supergirl for me. Uh, yeah, def- uh, definitely no unanimous pick. This no, week. definitely not. Those were completely different. Uh, and even you and Matt had the same books, but they were completely different order. Uh, Alright, cool. So, there you go. Uh, I guess that leaves me with a couple of things. I'll tell you what's coming next week. Obviously, we ex- typically we would have had the, the Flash this week, but obviously that's been pushed to next week. So, the final of the button is going to be next week in The Flash 22, which neatly ties into our 52nd episode, which of course is a big deal because it's 52. It's, it's, it's kind of a, like, it's 
it's a double-edged sword because it's like it's 52 we want to do something special but then just wait till you hear this stack of books that they've got for us. I know, I know. It's a really big stack of books that we're going to be talking a lot about. That said, we do have something slightly extra planned. It's not a big thing, but we're going to we're going to do some favourite sort of... We're going to do... We don't want to do the top five at the end of the week. We're going to have like a top ten of something between us, uh, the three of us, next week. So that, that is the little bonus thing we're doing for episode 52. Uh, but it's going to be a big episode anyway because we have so many goddamn books. So the Flash number 22... Uh, we have Teen Titans number 8, which is the next part of the Lazarus contract. We also have Batman number 23. We have Batwoman number 3, Green Arrow number 23, Green Lanterns 23, Nightwing number 21, Super Sons number 4, Superman 23, Trinity number 9, The Odyssey of the Amazons number 5, and we're not covering them, but they are also out, Aquaman 23, Harley Quinn 20, and Justice League number 21. Which actually reminds me of something I forgot to mention in New Superman. Also, Justice League Power Rangers 4 is finally next week. Oh, is it? <laughs> it's yeah. been delayed for like a month and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, There was a scene in New Superman with Amanda Waller and Lex Luthor, and she was grilling him about uh, bringing Keenan to the country without her knowing. And when she goes back out into the limo, Harley Quinn is driving the limo. And she's like, did you get what we came here for? And she wanted the security tape of uh, Keenan using his powers. And Harley's like, yeah. And then she's like, Oh, I really like it. They invented uh, water torture. And then uh, Waller's like, no, no, that was actually the Italians. But I'll keep your suggestion in mind if things need to get creative. Cool. Yeah, so there was a Harley in Amanda Waller cameo in, uh, in New Superman. I forgot to mention that. Because it was so separate from everything else, but it was a thing. Yeah. Uh, Alright, cool. So that's what's coming next week. Uh, and as we said at the start of the show, for uh, the patrons, they have the vote up for the trade that we'll cover in the fifth week episode in May this month. Uh, so that's Teen Titans, the Jewish Contract, Black Canary and Zatanna, Bloodspell, Superman, Secret Identity, or Legion of Superheroes, Volume 1, Teenage Revolution. So one of those four will be uh, reviewed and discussed in the, the fifth episode this week, uh, this month, I should say. Uh, so for Patreons, you can go and vote on that. Uh, of course, you can become a Patron. Uh, that is in the $5 tier. For $5 a month, you get to vote on that. You also get some bonus comics bits, such as the review of Aliens Dead Orbit issue 1 that me and Connor already have up. But we're also planning reviews of Archie Comics, uh, Power Rangers, and I believe Matt and Connor might do some Star Wars stuff at some point. Uh, they're just kind of figuring out what they want to do I'm with it. I'm waiting for see if Matt's caught up yet. Yeah. Because uh, th- this week was actually the start of the, the new Star Wars crossover. I think, well, it's weird because there's obviously a few Star Wars books, so it becomes an idea. Like, do you want to do one for just the main book, or do you want to do, like, a little thing where you do, like, the two or three books just once a month that's Star Wars? Yeah, it's, or... it's typically there's, like, a Star Wars book every week. Yeah. So it's like, what ones do you do? Which ones do you both want to cover? Uh, because I I know I know at least one person is dying for some Star Wars comics talk. Uh Matt and Connor are thinking about it. They're, they're thinking about what their plan maybe, is. Maybe when the new Darth Vader series starts up in June. Hmm. Yeah, it's a good time for it. Uh, so no. So that, that's in the works for the. So that, that's bonus content you you could get in that tier as well. Uh, so you can really help us out by doing that. Of course, don't feel bad if you can't because we're just watching, liking, subscribing, all that stuff helps us out. So do all that. Uh, get us on Twitter at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates, for the YouTube channel, for not just this show, but everything else we do. But you can also get our individual Twitters on the screen. But for the audio people, that is at wibble89 for myself. Connor's at ConnorRyan94. Matt, who's not here this week, but he will be back next week with a vengeance for episode 52, is Matt of Steel 57 on Twitter. And that's us. Did I leave it out now? There's so much to plug at the end now. I, I, I the, struggle. The, the Patreon web address for the audio listeners? Of course. Patreon.com slash TV is the address if you 
if you want to check that out. Uh, obviously, for the YouTube folk, there'll be a link in the description below. In fact, there'll be a link in the description of the uh, the audio as well, depending on where you're looking at it. Uh, yeah, yeah. But but if you get it on through an app or whatever, then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard, harder to get a hold of you and click on it. I agree. Um, all right, so there you go. That's this week's show. That's been episode 51. Next week, next week, 52. It's a year of doing this. It also marks number 52, which is important to DC. So join us for what might be one of the biggest episodes. Maybe not necessarily in length. I mean, it might be. But certainly in terms of uh, content, probably the biggest episode we've ever done because it's end of a crossover that pertains to Rebirth and all these other big books and celebrating because it's 52. Yeah. So thanks for watching or listening, guys. Keep reading comics and always remember, never get lost in the Speed Force.